Uh, this is Abraham, the father of faith, meaning he was the first one way back even before Christ to believe God simply because God said something. And uh, what happened to him is he believed God and, and the whole new world opened up for him, whole new promised land, whole new relationship because he believed God. All right. So all of a sudden he, he becomes this example for all of us that your life changes when you believe God. Right. And so I know you believe in God. You wouldn't be here. Most people out there believe in God. Really, everybody believes in God out there. Even atheists believe in God. They're just lying. You know, I've told you before, they've done a survey. They, put a, they hooked them up to lie, to, you know, hooked up thousands of people to a lie, to, thousands of atheists to lie detector test, asked them if they believed in God, and they all said no, but the needle said yes. Because God put that in everybody that we know, you know. You can lie and you can ignore it, but you know, right? So everybody believes in God. Uh, but it's one, it's one thing to believe in God. It's another to believe God. It's not a mystery to us who are faith people. We've learned enough to recognize it's not about just believing in God, that he's good and that he loves me. It's about believing him, believing what he said, believing what he has designated as his will, believing his words, believing his commands, believing his instructions, believing his promises, believing his conditional promises. Believing the truth about things in life. Believing the truth about spiritual matters. Believing the truth about Jesus. Believing the truth about his name. Believing the truth about God's power in us. Believing wow. the truth about our authority in his name. Amen. Believing the truth about our authority over the devil and all of the devil's works. Amen. We're talking about believing the truth of every single thing that can give you victory in life. You have to believe. You have to learn it and believe it. Right. And so you need to go through this intense learning process with God. You, you've got to dedicate yourself. I've got to learn what God has said. This is not supposed to be a dusty old book Amen. on some pedestal in a church or in your house. Amen. How many of you grew up with an old dusty Bible opened up somewhere in the household? <laughs> Welcome all the Catholics to church. Right? Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of course, it's more than just Catholics, but that's, a, a, that's how Catholics honor God. It's a lot more honorable to read it. Amen. Amen. The problem is if you start in some wrong places, you won't understand anything. If you're not saved, you'll never understand the Bible. If you don't get saved first, you'll never understand the Bible. Until you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom. You'll never understand God. And so that, that's a prerequisite. Get born again first. Now things will make sense to you. And then if you run into a wall, if you start getting a little sticky, uh, get filled with the Holy Ghost, then you'll really understand the Bible well. Only Holy Spirit filled people can really catch the supernatural side of God's kingdom. Right, right. It's the only way. You got to go through the door and that door is tongues. That door is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. Because without this real sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, he'll never be able to guide you into all truth. Amen. Make sense? Amen. So you can't just do this with your brain. You got to do it with your spirit. And it must be connected to the Holy Spirit, full of faith and power. Then you can start understanding the supernatural. So Abraham believed God. Yeah. Let's read here in verse... Um, Three, Romans 4, 3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Not in God. 
He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And then it goes through a whole passage here with various uh, points. But then I want to get down to here at verse 17. As it is written, because he believed God, God made him the father of many nations. I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who, is, who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness, or neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened or strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore was accounted to him for righteousness. So God called him right. He commended him. He was upright. He was right. He was righteous because he believed God. Verse 21, being fully convinced. King James says, fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully convinced. The goal is for you and I to be fully convinced about whatever God has said. Got it? That's the goal. So the question for you in your daily life is, am I fully convinced? Am I fully, completely, 100% persuaded that God will do this particular thing for me? Am I fully convinced or 90%? Kinda? I think I am or I'm fully That's a job for you and the Holy Ghost. Only you and the Holy Ghost can determine if you're fully convinced. If you're not fully convinced, don't expect your prayer to get answered. I mean, you might get fortunate, but don't expect it. If you're not fully convinced, don't expect your prayer to get answered. If you could see your faces. This is faith principle here, okay? This this goes beyond just, well, what God will just do whatever He kind of wants to do. He's so good, and you know, He knows more than me, so I'll just toss up things and see what happens. This is this is the instruction that you need for faith to work. So that you can have the blessing and the promise. You don't have to go to Israel to get the promised land. Your promised land is something else. Your promised land is a wonderful domestic life full of success, plus a a successful church life, relationships life. Uh, Your promised land is something else. Healing, deliverance, that's your promised land. And you can't have it unless you have some faith that's fully convinced. So, you know, what we do here is we, we try to help everybody get free from whatever is holding you back. Get set free, get healed, get delivered, get saved, get out of bondage and all that. Then we got to teach you how to stay out. You got to do some prep to stay out. You got to fill the house up so nothing else gets back in. Nothing wrong gets back in. So there's this whole element of we're trying to help everybody get delivered and get help, get blessed, get miracles. But then also, how are you going to stay? How are you going to walk? How are you going to live healthy and whole? How are you going to succeed in everything? Amen. It takes a whole new mindset. It takes a instruction that, that changes the, the way you think on the inside Amen. so that your brain doesn't uh, listen to the devil anymore. 
so that your spirit rises up with the shield of faith and says, brain, don't listen to that. So you have to learn enough so that you can resist the devil. You have to learn enough. So many people are in bondage simply because they accepted the deception the devil gave. The world gives you deception. The world's way, you can just throw it out. Listen, 99% of the world's way is just totally wrong. All worldliness is totally wrong. All the world pursuits is wrong. All of humanism is wrong. Every single thing is wrong. There's a few things here and there you'll find that's okay, like the business system of the world. Having to go to work is the business system of the world, but it actually came from God. So there's a few systems that uh, we have to operate in in the world. Uh, at the same time, all of its philosophies, you can just forget them. That's right. Amen. That's right. And if any philosophy is right, it came from the Bible. Amen. So we have, to, we have to get our brain fixed so that it will pay attention to our spirit. Our spirit has to get fed the word of God so that it can rise up with the shield of faith and shrink away from deceptions the devil gives. Listen, he's lied to all of you, hasn't he? The devil lies to everybody. The question is, how many of you have listened to him? Or how much have you listened to him? Or when did you stop listening to him? When did you recognize, wait a second, that's contrary to the Bible. I'm not going to do that. not going to think that. not going to be tempted that way. not going to give in. not going to lose hope. not going to get fearful. not going to stop trusting God. not going to think less of myself in Christ. When did that happen to you? When you said, wait a second, that's from the devil. Listen, people come for prayer a lot and they need help. And so we help as best we can. Sometimes it can be a quick help. Sometimes it's instant. And then many times it's, oh, and also learn how to catch every thought that's not of God. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Cast down all other imaginations and theories and reasonings that come from the world and the devil or from your fallen nature. You got to catch wrong thinking and cast it down. You know, every thought has to be examined. How what's the Bible say about that? Wait, what's the Bible say? I just had a thought. Wait, wait, what's the Bible say about it though? Ooh, I'm not going to think that. I mean, this would help kids not jump off the roof trying to fly. They have a thought. Maybe I could fly like Superman. Catch that thought. Don't laugh. You come up with some, some dingers yourself as an adult. Men, uh, husbands, that, that's why you got married, just so your wife can keep you from some of those dumb ideas. Did I just say that out loud? I take that back. I, I just forget I said that. All of my ideas are wonderful. Praise the Lord. Okay, so just I want you to see this again. Uh, And you know that Abraham was old. God promised him he'd be a father of many nations. He wasn't even a father of one. And so he he got the first promise when he was 90. Ten years later, he finally gets, uh, no, when he was 75. When he was 75, he got the first promise. Took him 25 years to finally, you know, get his wife pregnant. She was 90. He was 90. She was 89. He was 99. And they got pregnant. 
That took some faith. He had to get fully convinced, fully persuaded that beyond the wrinkles, (laughs) beyond what we saw in the mirror, beyond natural hope, there was still hope. You look at it, it's like, oh my gosh, there is no way. There is no way this situation can change. There's no way. It's been so long anyway. And then... And then, you know, they did very natural, common human thing. It's when things are delayed. It's like, well, I guess we'll go to plan B. It looks like God's taking too long. So go into my maid. You want to go into my maiden? What a dumb idea Sarah had. Go, go. Why don't you go have a baby with her? This is in the Bible. You read the Bible. Genesis. Why don't you go into her? And Abraham's like, but secretly, he's like, maybe? I don't know what he was thinking. He shouldn't have been thinking that. Maybe he was forced. Maybe he was really persuaded. Maybe he didn't want to do it. I don't know. I don't know. We're just kind of making fun. But <clears throat> bottom line is he did it. And so we always like to make sure husbands recognize that a lot of times you need to listen to your wife. Just not every time. Wives, we appreciate your advice 50% of the time. I'm not giving you more than 50%. That would be wrong. <clears throat> but then he, he did this whole, uh, he, he took God's word and, and finally got himself on track. Not being weak in faith, he didn't consider the mirror. He considered not his own body, which was impossible, nor Sarah's dead body, which was impossible, but he gave glory to God. He didn't waver at the promise. So you have to find that way to, to not waver. Okay, you find a promise, you find a truth, don't waver. Just, just sit there for a moment. Drink a whole cup of coffee on one scripture. Or whenever, whatever you do when you read the Bible, you just, you just stay there until you get it. You might have to read that same scripture every day until it takes root in your heart so that you can be fully convinced, strong in faith, knowing for sure in your spirit that what God promised, he will perform it. Okay, so this is how you draw near to God. You draw near to God based on his word. The Bible says if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And then you'll have power to resist the devil and he'll flee. And so a lot of what we do here is just to help you draw near to God. And so tonight we're going to, at some point, we're going to get into a little exercise to show you how to draw near to God, how to plant scripture in your spirit, how to engraft the word into your own soul. It's called the engrafted word. It's supposed to be engrafted. Like you take two trees and you can engraft them. One limb can be tied to another and can start taking nutrients from it. It's the same tree now. God's word can take you over so much that you, you are part of his word. Right. And so there's no, there's no possibility of it not working because I got it in me. Because God's word is that power. God's word will never return void. Now, for a lot of people, it seems to have. It'll never return void. But just like the water comes to the earth and goes back, It'll always produce what God planned. The word will always do what God said. So many haven't experienced that. It's because the word wasn't in you. You weren't abiding in his word or his word wasn't abiding in you. There's so much 
truth about this. So what do we do? Well, we're going to have to get this thing engrafted. You need some duct tape to tape the word into your soul long enough for it to take. Uh, but it doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night. It, it takes a little personal time from you. So what we do sometimes here in church is we do some faith exercising. Like we're going to the gym tonight to strengthen our muscle. Some of us hadn't been to the gym in so long, we don't even know if we have any muscles. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. But let me just show you one more thing. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. These are principles of how supernatural things work. James 3 verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. Wow. That means quit saying dumb things. Don't just say anything you think. It's got to be right. And there's a reason for it. It's because, you know, what you say matters. It's a seed. Everything you say is a seed. It goes into the kingdom of yes. God. Amen. It either produces uh, fruits or weeds. That's right. Amen. So if you don't stumble in word, you're perfect. That means if you would just keep your mouth shut, people would think you're smart and good. Able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look at ships. Even though they're so large or driven by fierce winds, they're turned by, by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot or the captain desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. You know, how, how much fire does it take to burn up a forest? Just one spark, right? One little tiny flame can light the whole forest on fire. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. And so this is the negative side of the tongue, that it can start wars, can it? I mean, it starts wars in your house all the time, doesn't it? It's like, why can't you just not say what you're about to say? Why can't you just not say it? But you have to, and then all of a sudden it's a, okay, here we go. Well, wars can be started between countries with one declaration, right? Just one formal declaration can start a whole war. The tongue is that powerful. So apply it to your own little personal life. Your tongue is going to provide death or life for you. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Amen. And if you can start loving it, you'll eat its fruit. That means if you can start recognizing how valuable your tongue is, you'll eat the fruit of it. Truth is, though, you're eating the the fruit of it one way or the other. Some people are living a life today because of your tongue, and it's not too pleasant. That's right. Enthusiasm Amen. is just rampant. <laughs> it's the truth. A lot of your struggles is because you've been complaining for 15 years. What do you expect? If you live a complaining life, uh, you're going to live with fruit from that. You're just going to you're going to have a head hung down. You're going to be uh, just. You're not going to be worth anything. You're not going to have fruit. So stop complaining. At least stop complaining out loud. 
You can't live an angry, complaining, bad attitude type of life and expect to have good harvest. And that goes for not just your job, but it does explain your job. Any job can be made wonderful if you'll start saying right things about it. Like Christians never get to complain about their boss to another employee. Amen. Christians don't even go home and complain to their spouse about their boss. Amen. What is it? You could have, you could have heard a cotton ball drop in here. <laughs> But you have to tame it. So verse 7, every kind of beast and bird and reptile of creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So you're going to have to tame your, everybody say it out loud, say, I will tame my tongue. I will tame my tongue. I will tame my tongue. If you have a spouse, say, honey, help me tame my tongue. That's dangerous right there. It's better if your spouse does not have to get involved in your tongue taming. Everybody say it out loud. Say, Tim tamed his tongue. Tim tamed his tongue. Tom, Tom and Tim tamed their tongues together. Tom and, Tom and Tim tamed their tongues together until they got twisted up together. Full of deadly poison. You got to tame your tongue. So you just need to recognize how valuable your words are, how important you as a human being, how important your words are. Now you combine a person of God with that. All of a sudden you start seeing how Jesus dominated in the earth. Amen. He did it with his words. Right. Every single thing he did had some words attached to it. Every single miracle he did had some words attached. Somehow Jesus miracles always had words. If you want miracles in your life, words are going to have to be attached. Not doubtful, fretful, worried words to God in prayer. We're talking about something totally different. We're talking about a way for you and I to dominate in the earth. One of the ways we get victory over this world is that our faith comes alive and says something. This is all just basic. This is basic new covenant teaching, okay? That the spirit of faith is to believe and speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We have believed and spoken. The spirit of faith is to believe and speak. The whole, Christian, the whole Christian faith begins with you believing and speaking. Remember the story we just told? The young man, he's hearing the gospel, he's believing it. He turns and says, let's do it. What does he mean, let's do it? Why didn't he just keep walking and believe it? Because there's action that must happen after you believe something. You must say it. You must call on Jesus to be saved. You must say something with your mouth in order to be saved. You must call. Voice must come from your mouth. Okay, so with that same principle, every other thing in your life can change. With that same principle, every other truth from God's word can come to pass for you. This is just basic Christianity. Basic Christianity. You have to believe something. You have to speak something. That if you will believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth. What do you mean confess with my mouth? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You'll be saved. 
That's the whole crux of Christianity. So, verse 9, with it we bless God and our Father, with it we curse men uh, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Therefore, no spring yields both salt water and figs. So stop there. Just to see that, you know, you ought to be saying just one thing. Truth, uh, wholesome words, not idle words and grumbling words and complaining words. I know what you're doing. The Holy Spirit is showing you that you have work to do. So let's do it. Psalm 1. Go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, let's do some exercise. We'll go through Psalms here, a few of them. If you'll put your mouth on it, if you'll get your tongue going and say some things, your life will start changing. You'll start steering your life better. Okay? And, and, but what you need to be saying needs to come from God's word, which needs to be in your heart. So you need to say it so it gets in your heart, and then you need to say it from your heart. So what we do here will just be a little practice for you, and you can go do it at home until it all takes root. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. All right, we believe that, right? How many of you believe that scripture? Every hand goes up. We all believe that. Now let's put it to practice. Say this out loud. Say, I will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, as you say that, the Holy Spirit's going to show you, okay, who do you need to stop listening to? Nor do I stand in the path of sinners. Or let's say it in English. Uh, I don't hang out with sinners. Say it again. I don't hang out with sinners. And I know the Holy Spirit showing you. Nor do I sit in the seat of the scornful or the mockers. Anybody that mocks God, I'm not hanging out with them. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. I delight in the law of the Lord. You could also say I delight in God's word. Or I delight, now, now we have new, we're not under the law of Moses, which this is referring to. We're under new laws, the law of faith, the law of love, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We have new laws to live under, the law of love. Uh, we have new laws now, but I love them. So do you delight in the word of the Lord? Say it again, say, I delight in the word of God. I love the Bible. I love hearing it taught. I love hearing it preached. I love hearing it sang. I love the word. Thanks, God. I love your word. 
I love it more than anything else in the whole world. I love it more than money. I love your word more than silver. More than gold. I love your word more than anything else in the whole world. Now listen, if you did, you'd, you'd de- desire it more. So say this out loud at home till you start seeing a desire. Y'all know you're supposed to read your Bible. Say this until you want to. Right. Right. But then again, you don't even want to say it. When it gets down to it, we don't really want to do this exercise in business. We just want to sit there and start feeling like I want to be spiritual. You cannot feel your way into being spiritual. Come on, preach it. Well, I just don't feel like being spiritual. You never will. Your flesh is never going to say, hey, let's go be spiritual today. Never will your flesh say that. Your flesh never wants to do anything spiritual. What does your flesh want to do? It wants to sit there. It wants to eat. It wants to sleep. It wants to be entertained. And that's it. And it's content to do all of those and never stop until it's forced. It wants to stay in bed. It never wants to get up. If it's being entertained, it doesn't want the entertainment to stop. Come on, tell it. Like when was the last time you were being entertained? You're like, oh, I'm just tired of this entertainment. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> no, no, no. It just ne- it always wants to continue however it's being entertained. Instead, we delight in the law of the Lord. We de- delight in God's word. You love God's word? You delight in his word? Even, at, even though you know his word, every time you read it, we know that Elaine delights in it. She's like always so thrilled. She's always so happy about things of God. Amen. Just take John 3.16. You ought to be so happy about John 3.16. You've heard John 3.16. You've seen it on every athlete's face by now. It ought to make you happy. You ought to be happy every time you see John 3.16. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Another scripture reference. Verse 3. Oh, wait. Verse uh, 2, part B. And in his law, he meditates day and night. I meditate in his word. Say it. I meditate in his word day and night. Day and night. All the time. Verse 3. I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I'm a tree. I'm solid, immovable, bearing fruit. That brings forth fruit in its season. My leaf doesn't wither. And whatever I do will prosper. And whatever I do will prosper. I bear fruit and I prosper. And whatever I do. All of a sudden this starts building a new self-image inside you. Because you've left ungodliness and you've connected to the Lord. Delighting in his word, everything is going to work. Yes. Yes. Any hurdle, anything yes. that doesn't work, yes. just step right over it. That's right. Praise the Lord. Look at chapter 4, verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Now, this is where you should have hollered and hooped and praised God. Listen, that's a, script, that's a scripture for all of us. Let's say it out loud. Say, I know that the Lord has set apart 
for himself. Me, who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Close your eyes and say it. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Now make it personal. Lord, you said you would hear when I call to you. Give him some thanks about it. Lord, thank you for hearing me when I call to you. Let me just, let me just tell you, let me just tell you what's up. The Lord has set me apart because I'm godly and he's going to hear when I call to him. Every, everyone needs that testimony. You need to feel that, that. Wow. I left the world. I'm with God. He set me apart so he can, so he can answer. Just, just so he can answer my prayer. Look at chapter uh, 4, verse 7. You put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. I will lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. All right, y'all believe that scripture, right? Well, then why don't you say it? Why don't you act like it? Why don't you be glad? Say it out loud. Say, you've put gladness in my heart, God. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm glad, 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 glad. Oh, I'm so glad. Kind of makes you smile, doesn't it? Let's say, let's say it another five times. I have gladness in my heart. Gladness in my heart. You've put gladness in my heart. So I'm glad, glad, glad. Now, some of you didn't say it. Some of you did not exercise. And you're not as glad as everybody else. The problem is, you know, when you're not too glad, you don't want to say it. Isn't that, isn't that how life is? When, when you're not too happy... That's the last thing you want to do is go, glad, glad, glad. When things are going south, that's the last time you want to act like you're a believer. When things are going bad, you want to act like a sinner. Come on, tell it. You do. You want to act like a mean, mad, upset sinner. But a faith person will simply say a scripture. Oh, I got joy, joy, joy in my heart. Hallelujah. We're told to count it all joy when you fall into various. Glory to God. I'm glad, 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 glad. And then the kids and the family, everybody's looking at you funny. And then, but, but you're doing what God said. You're, you're being a faith person. And what it does is it changes your heart changes you on the inside. Yeah. So all that dirty grumbling yeah. that you wanted to yeah. do, it changes. But you can't bring your cerebral head into this. <laughs> you know, come in all upset, come in like nothing's going to work, come in, I need prayer. Somebody says, okay, let's just count it all joy. Your, your brain, it just doesn't function in faith. 
Listen, your brain will never function in faith. You got you to function from your spirit because you believe this. So, so this week, you got to remember, well, the pastor said, I got to act like I'm glad. I got to say uh, gladness is in my heart. You put gladness in my heart, God. You put gladness in my heart, God. It ain't working. It ain't working. <laughs> say it again. Say it again till, till you start believing it. Say, say it again till enough to where the seed starts growing, enough to where the supernatural can take root. This is not magic. This is not hitting a button. This is uh, fulfilling a process. Amen. You want to farm? You want to you plant a garden and see some fruit? It's a process. You just got to follow the process. And it'll work if you follow the process. You know, you plant a seed and you water it in and nothing's happening. And no, I knew it. I knew it. Nothing happened. Water it again. Nothing. Seven days later, huh, something. Keep on following the process and three months later you have harvest. It's a process. It's a system. The kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep night and day and rise, sleep and rise night and day, and he doesn't know how this works. You don't have to know how it works. You just have to follow the principle. You got to say stuff. Verse 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. Say that one. Say, I'm going to lie down in peace and sleep. Oh, I'm sleeping peacefully. I'm lying down in peace and sleep. Okay, now target your anxiety and your worries and your stress and your fears right now and say it out loud like you mean it. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. I'm sleeping peacefully. I'm lying down in peace, not worry. So this is how people come up to be prayed for. Uh, or ask you to pray. You know, they ask each other to pray. Pray for me. I, I'm anxious. I'm not sleeping well. We pray for them. We expect a miracle. Sometimes the power of God can solve that problem. Many times that night, many times, I prayed for many people that had instant, instant deliverance and full sleep that first night and then beyond. But then you're going to have to grow up a little bit and have to learn some truth that by these promises, we partake of the divine. By these promises is how we get our promised land. And so you're going to have to learn how to believe this, that you as a believer get to lie down in peace and always go to sleep for as long as you want. Well, as long as reasonable, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours, something, eight hours. And if you're like Superman, six, seven, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Don't have to raise hands, but how many of you feel safe all the time? How many of you feel safe? all? You, listen, as a believer, you have a promise from God, many of them, where God will always protect you from all evil, but you got to believe it. So you have to spend some time in, in some of these scriptures where you know for sure that you're safe all the time. Amen. Even in danger, you're safe. So you got to feel it. You got to know it. And, and if, if you don't know it yet, you got to say it. And even if you do know it, you got to say it. He always makes me dwell in safety. So let's say it out loud. Say, I am safe. I am safe. You make me dwell in safety, God. I'm so safe in you. I'm hidden. You're my fortress, my refuge, my God. In you I trust. You hide me under your feathers. 
You put me in the cleft of the rock. No evil shall befall me. I'm so safe. You always make me dwell in safety. I feel safe now. I am safe now. I'm so safe. I'm safe in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You start saying scripture like this, other scripture starts coming up. Like our life is hid with Christ in God. You can't even find me. You want to throw something at me? You'll miss. You can't even hit me. I'm hidden. Hallelujah. We had a, a visitor at church a year or two ago, and uh, the usher caught him with a big old rock in his hand. He can't hit me. He didn't get a chance, but he can't hit me. <laughs> Who knows? It could have been just a rock of uh, remembrance. I don't know. But he had it in his hand. Um, all right, you working out? You feeling a little worked out a little bit? You see how it works? You see how it kind of lubricates you? See how it does a little something in your spirit? And so it's one thing to hear. You need to hear. Uh, I like to listen silently most of the time. But on the other hand, for, for it to start taking root and, and activating, I got to say something. So I can't just live a totally silent life. I have to have a prayer life. I have to confess scripture, I have to talk to God about things. I have to remind myself to always activate what I believe. When I'm learning, it's another story. I'm listening and we're not always responding, but you do need to have some exercise and you need to be prepared for the future and you need to do it on purpose. Like it's not just in preparation, it's also to build something. What am I building? I'm building this kingdom image inside me. I'm building a, a truth in me. Uh, let's read verse, chapter 5 here, verse 11. Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. All right, so let's rejoice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My trust is in you. My trust is in you. Glory. Glory. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Glory. Come on, he defends me. He defends me. You're my defender. You're my defender. You defend me. Ha ha. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. So say this. I say, I'm joyful. I put my love in him and I am joyful. I put my love in him and I am joyful. Praise the Lord. Now, listen. Trying to put your love in invisible God takes faith. We're not talking about you drumming up emotions because you can love your cat more than an invisible God because your cat is attached to your flesh. Okay, dog. You can love your dog. Cat people, I mean, dog people are like, I hate cat. You, you can love things of the flesh easier because it touches your soul. Like I love popcorn. I love dog. I love pizza, right? You, you, can, you can have this uh, rush of feelings toward earthly things. 
We're not talking about you having a rush of feelings toward God. Amen. When we say love, we're not talking about infatuation love. We're talking about spiritual love. Faith toward God. Loving the way he said. And if you'll do this enough, you will have some feelings. But we're not talking about living your life based on feelings. Our relationship with God is very similar to husband-wife. Us in Christ attached as one. We got together with lots of feelings. Then we live a life based on something other than feelings. Isn't that right, married couples? Yeah. You newlyweds, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about everybody else. <laughs> newlyweds don't count. You're still, you'll still have rushes of feelings. The problem is, if the world doesn't understand this, so non-Christians have no real antidote. Sometimes they'll, sometimes they'll do it right uh, because they recognize a couple things, but non-Christians don't have the training. We have the training that we, we're not staying married because we continue these electric feelings. Because electric feelings go away after about, what, six days? I mean, six months. I mean, six, <laughs> six somethings. After a certain period of time, those electric fuzzy things are gone, and now, you, now you're stuck with loving somebody by faith with God's love, with agape love, which is a commitment love. Totally different. So you can't live a life looking for these emotional feelings toward God. Don't drum them up. Don't try to drum them up. That's not what you're looking for. Do it because it's right and your spirit man will grow. Worship God because it is the right thing. Worship God and honor him with your spirit, not your brain. So when we say rejoice, who put their trust in you, let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Uh, you can say that out loud. Say the truth out loud. And you'll start seeing it. it does something inside you. So he defends me. Say, say he defends me. Glory. Look at verse 12. For you, Lord, will bless the righteous. So you'll bless me, Lord. I'm righteous. You'll bless me. I'm righteous. You'll bless me. I'm righteous in Christ, so you'll bless me. So you're blessed. With favor, you'll surround him as with a shield. So I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded. With favor. With favor. Just like a shield. Just like a shield. God, with favor, you surround me. God, with favor, you surround me. As with a shield. So I've got favor. Favor all over me. Favor surrounds me. Favor surrounds me. Favor surrounds me. Favor surrounds me. Listen, you're going to have to say that about 5,000 times. 5,000 times at home. Favor surrounds me like a shield. Favor surrounds me like a shield. Favor surrounds me like a shield. Come on, favor surrounds me like a shield. Everything's all right because God's got me. Favor surrounds me. He defends me. Don't have to worry about anything. I mean, if you, if you have a court case, uh, you better get these in your heart before you go. And then don't worry. Trust this way more than anything. Favor. That's it. Favor. 
I got faith. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. All right, we wore out yet? Is your workout over? Look at chapter 9, verse 9. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, refuge in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Say it out loud. So the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my refuge. For all my oppression. He's a refuge in times of trouble. You're my refuge, God. Thank you. And I know your name. And I put my trust in you. My trust is in you, God. You can even sing a song about it. Praise the Lord. Look at chapter 17. Verse 15. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. Okay. So say it out loud. Say, Lord, Lord I will see your face in righteousness. That means you can look at him. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. Now think about what that means. That means when you wake up, are you satisfied? You should find a way to be satisfied when you get up just by being in his likeness. I'm like God. I'm in his likeness. I'm his child. I'm mimicking. I'm, I'm a child of God, just like my father. I live just like my father. God is, God is nature. God is character. Huh. I'm satisfied. Now that means you've been walking with him and praying in the Holy Ghost, letting your character get developed, you know, letting the Lord instruct you and correct you and teach you. And so then, then, you, then you can truly say it. Then you can say, I'm satisfied. I don't have to have this emptiness, hopelessness, missing out, uh, discontentment. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Even before coffee, you're satisfied. So let, let's practice saying that so that it will give you an anchor point. All right. So I say, I'm satisfied. Every morning I wake up because I'm in God's likeness. I'm his child. I'm accepted. I'm adopted. I'm in Christ. I'm like him. That satisfies me. Thanks, God. Amen. That means nothing that you think you're missing can overcome that. If you, whether it's ambition or whether it's money or whether it's a spouse or something, you're not missing. Everything's okay. I'm satisfied. These are the secrets of faith people. Okay, there, for, for all of Christian history, there has been Christians who caught hold of these truths and know how to live a, a, a content, joy-filled, powerful, love-filled, God-filled existence because they take Scripture literally and they live their life from yes. it. Yes. For all of history, there's been Christians that caught this. It's my... 
responsibility to help this generation catch this. I'm expecting all of you to catch it. I sure hope you do. It's your responsibility to help your friends catch this, to help the next person catch these things. This is what separates Christians from all the other religions. We have a supernatural means of connecting to the almighty God. This is it. It's not just a belief in God. This is not just what anybody else could do coming up with a religion. This is supernatural words from heaven that connect us back to heaven. It's where you get all the juice from. All the virtue, all the power comes from these words from God being believed and being spoken. So you got trouble? You better have some scripture. Pastor, I, I need help. I need prayer. What's your scripture? Uh, 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 God, uh, God loves me. Not enough. Not enough. Tell me three scriptures. Call me back when you got three scriptures. Okay, here, I'm calling you back. Here, I got three scriptures. Call me back in a month when they're in your heart and you can quote them verbatim. Now, now you're getting somewhere. Now I can see that you're trusting God. Now I can agree with you that God's going to intervene. But don't call with just a beggarly type prayer. Doesn't work. Come on. Has anybody ever seen a beggarly prayer work? No. It happens because we do these faith things, faith exercises, faith action, faith without is dead. This is how you apply scriptures like that. Faith without action, words is dead. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad everybody believes, but it might just be dead belief. What we did tonight, some, was live belief. I, I believe it enough to actually say it. And those of you who were silent tonight, you're staying late. It's like we just had the, uh, the workout class, and some of you need to stay later. I'm not staying with you, but you might need to stay later. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's do this final one, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. This is what all the people on TV say when they're about to die. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in grief. <laughs> You're about to be executed. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> And you know why that's what they quote every time? Because that's the only scripture they know. It's not a bad scripture, but let's say it like we mean it. Let's say it like we believe it. The, we won't read it first. We'll just say it here. So f just follow me. Say, say this. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I, shall I shall not want. I don't need. I, don't need. I, have, need I have need of nothing. Because he's my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Uh, you, Lord, restore my soul. Say, whoo! He restores my soul. He, he heals my soul. He mends me on the inside. 
oh, I'm restored inside. My soul is now restored. My heart's not broken anymore. My heart's not broken anymore. Because he restores my soul. Wow, he restores my soul. My soul is restored. I'm no longer broken. Thanks, God. All of a sudden, with one tiny little part of a verse, people get healed on the inside. One tiny little verse can solve the crisis people have lived with for years. Amen. Jesus is the healer of the broken heart. Say this about, I don't know, a thousand times. Say it until power comes. Say it until you feel the whole thing get fixed on the inside of you. Say it until it's just a, just a distant memory, but it doesn't hurt you. You as a believer should not be walking around with heart hurts, broken soul. Oh, no, no. Jesus paid a dear price to restore you. Just, just take a couple steps of faith and say, okay, okay, Jesus, I'm going to let you heal my heart. I'm not going to live with brokenness. Restore. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. And, and this could be for anything. It could be, it could be for anything. Any, anything you see on the inside that's not right, use this. Anything that's wrong in your brain, use this. Your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions, your heart. It's all of that internal stuff you can't see. Use this. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Don't, don't pray, oh God, oh God, please, oh God, please, oh God, please. Don't do that. Do it once and then move on into the action. Do it once and he says, okay, I'll restore your soul. Now you get that in you. Don't just keep begging God to fix something. No, there's answers for you. This is how it, it works. <clears throat> Say it one more time. Say, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. So, my soul so my soul is restored. My heart and my mind are restored. Mind are restored. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Hallelujah. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That means I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of any evil. I'm not afraid of anything. Not afraid of anything. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm so comforted. I'm just comforted. Have you ever felt like you needed some comfort? He comforts you. Go to God. I'm comforted by your rod and your staff, your, your, your power and your authority and your strength. The stability that's in him just comforts me. Isn't that what kids do? They need some comfort. They run to mom or dad. Why? Because there's stability there. There's protection. There are trees in the family. God's our tree. We run to him. He protects us. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. <clears throat> Surely goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. 
And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So goodness and mercy follow me. Just so you know, goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Just so you know. Just so you know, goodness and mercy follow me all the days. Say it out loud. Say goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I've got all the goodness from God that I need. And I've got all the mercy from God that I need. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are they still following you around? She, she named her two dogs goodness and mercy. Just in case she ever forgot, she has dogs to remind her. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. You got it? Everybody feeling better? Feel like you worked out? Probably not. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I think some people got helped tonight. Listen, I think some people got your miracle tonight. The thing you thought you needed and wanted and asked for, you got it tonight. You really got it tonight, okay? So act like you got it tonight. The thing you needed. You can tell. Just that little switch of faith in you is on now. You got it. Acknowledge it. Thank the Lord for it. Be grateful about it. Decide that you got it. Be fully persuaded that you got it. The switch of faith got turned on tonight for some of you for various things. The switch of faith is turned on now. That means you got it. That means you're fully convinced. And God will perform. All right? Don't take it lightly. Miracles happen in the simplest, softest way sometimes. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.